we are back with yet another I'm struggling for the adjective. I think I used riveting last time. Do you, is is anything coming to your mind, Mr. Communications English situation? Intriguing, over? engaging, amusing, mm. ponderous. Mm. <laughs> it's powerful. Yeah, well, I'm Titus, also known as Francis James, is it? <laughs> Sometimes I forget my name. I'm joined by the reverend. I almost said the late reverend because for some reason when people say reverend, they off, it's, they're often late. Um, <laughs> he's not late I always yet. show up to church on time. The reverend Drew Latin is here. And Drew, you told me you wanted to tell me about the, the church that you are shepherding. Yeah. Is there well, anything new going on at what? What's your uh, church name? Harbor Network Freight or something? <laughs> Harbor Harboristic. Uh, you, you're right with the sort of maritime theme. Yeah, it's uh, Refuge Chapel. Come visit refuge. us sometimes. There it is. Yeah, I um, probably won't. <laughs> yeah, we just. Far north. I guess we just celebrated our sort of one year anniversary, and um, put our new sign up. Thanks to our sign maker. And um, mm. so, yeah, a year later, we have a sign finally. So just leave. Do you have your that. picture? Do you have you, the a picture of your your full family on there? I, dude, no lie. On on one oh of the roads goodness. around here, there's a new church. And the, the pastor's entire family, kids and all, is up on this massive sign. It's one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. Yeah, that reminds me when I was taking regular trips to uh, Harrisonburg, you know, down the road from you there, um, coming into... Coming into town, there was a church. I'm sure lovely people, great church, but the name of the church was the Family Worship Center. And if that doesn't tell you something about our culture, that that we build buildings to worship families, um, as awesome mm. as families are, you know, that <laughs> Freudian slip. Yeah. No. Our, so you're our, coming up on you're coming up on one year. How, how's your uh, reconstruction going there? I mean, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. Well, I we know didn't you're have about to constructing buildings. Yeah, we didn't really have to rebuild any physical space, although we did some remodeling. And um, you remodeled the bathroom so that it's more soundproof. I remember that. Oh my! Because we I got say into that? a whole discussion about we got into a whole discussion about running water in like some eastern countries, where they'll okay. have like running water all the time in the bathrooms. And okay, this thing. is a deeper cut than I remember. Okay, yeah. We all have to check with our with our podcast archivist about that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so I guess I'll have to say, um, despite some of my expectations and despite a lot of our misgivings, it's been a really, really good year. Um, I feel like as a church, we're doing what church is supposed to do, which is, you know, equipping the saints and building each other up in Christ and speaking the truth the truth and love and all that jazz. So um, nice. it's not been it's not been perfect by any means. And we're still a group of about, you know, 30 people and a couple people leave and a couple people come on. But, um, so it's small, but, um, last Sunday. So, so our, our one year in of our, our, the first church service we had as our kind of new entity refuge chapel, uh, started Easter Sunday last year, 2021. And that was like the 7th of April. And so last Sunday was Easter which was like two weeks later. So you go figure that out. Um, but uh, this this Sunday, or last Sunday for Easter, we actually 
had the we we're, <laughs> were gonna have a, a lakeside early morning service at six thirty, but there was snow on the ground, and it was like twenty three degrees, so we canceled Fun. it. Yeah. Anyhow, so um, then what we did is we got together at the building and made soup building and bread, mm-hmm. and um, most of it was unleavened bread, and mm-hmm. got some nice bottles of wine, and mm-hmm. had our whole or most of our worship service actually took place at the table while we ate soup and bread and drank wine. Nice. And and we would pause in different ones. I had printed up scriptures for people to rare, to read along with reflection questions. And it mm-hmm. was just like, I didn't know what we were doing. And the brothers and sisters who were involved, which is pretty much all of us, we weren't really sure if it would turn out good or just be weird and awkward. But, you know, we've done weird and awkward plenty, so we're not scared of it. But it was actually really, really nice. Um, cool. So are you yeah. going to start doing that every time? No, we're already a pretty laid back, low key group. But um, we'll we had the this last Sunday, this Sunday after Easter. Now, um, we had our more regular service with with sitting in a circle and one brother leading out in scripture and singing and stuff like that. So, do you have any non-believers joining your community of faith via repentance and baptism after the? gospel is proclaimed fearlessly in your community oh we have some young children that haven't uh committed to to following jesus uh, um <laughs> we, we do have four-year-olds you're working on <laughs> yeah we do have a couple of visitors coming through once in a while one, one cool guy one cool guy um in his mid-20s single has shown up and he showed up for our easter service and um enjoying getting to know him a little bit but um don't know coming if he'll stick around church no uh I'm not actually even sure what his church background was. I think it was decidedly non-Mennonite. Hmm. So there you go. Yeah, some non-Mennonite background people <laughs> in your church. Yes, everybody. That's everybody exciting. is always defined as either Mennonite or non-Mennonite, and that—that's just yeah. kind of the line. How's church life for you guys? Those are the two basic. Those are the two basic categories I see in the world. Yep, the um, two main food groups. Ch- yeah, exactly. <laughs> the church life is good. We're really enjoying our church um i i feel like i tend to complain a lot to no to people you? in my church <laughs> i'm an idealist so i'm always thinking about ways that we could do things better and i think i i laid pretty low the first year because i didn't want to be that person to come in and be like oh here's all the ways that things could be improved but now i'm starting <laughs> to ramp things up and yeah I now them. now They're it's all year two and this. he's like release the kraken yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're actually pretty open to some of my suggestions, and then we do my suggestions, and it's not that much better. So, nice. um, but yeah, no, we're we're really enjoying it, and of course, a lot of our energy is going into our India team as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're, today you're we went team? early, hung out with some people. Are sorry, I'm so bad at this. Today we went early and, and went got some coffee with one couple, and that's always fun. You guys have a house that they bought. Nice. You guys have a later morning service, so afternoon service. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um so. so what actually are we officially talking about today or is it kind of an officially unofficial podcast? Remember how I told you you're not supposed to say that? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Yeah, in our planning meeting. We're talking about whatever we want to. I mean, yeah, this, but this you first just... seven minutes was the most important. Yep, yep. Okay. 
So uh, uh, I made it awkward. This is very awkward, but it's okay. I can lean into awkward. We established it. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to quickly panic and find something to talk about. We can just have a few restful moments oh, here. I'm Gia. gonna I try. Like you need to just, yeah, just breathe. Just yeah. Exhale. Our listeners need to know that that Titus and I are are deep in the. Testing out your Let new it mic go. Thing. Let all your stress, all that anxiety about oh. keeping our thousands of listeners or hundreds of thousands of listeners that might drop off the face of the, the face of the podcast if you don't have perfect segues. Just let it go. Let it go. Uh, actually, you can talk is, to your therapist about this. This is good to me. Why do I need a therapist when I have Titus and our our yeah, listening exactly. audience? Well, well I thought you. we could talk about. I thought we could talk about Jesus today. Um, our our podcast is called That Jesus Podcast, and a while back, about nine months ago or a year ago, one of my brother-in-laws was like, yeah, so I listened to this podcast, and as a couple thousand other people, he he only listened to the podcast with Dr. Kerville on vaccines, <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, I listened to this podcast of yours called That Jesus Podcast, and I didn't hear anything about Jesus. Nice. It's like, yeah, well, you listened to the one about vaccines. That was a little bit of an anomaly. <laughs> but but I did get to thinking about this. Like, our podcast is called That Jesus Podcast, and people who tune in might be like, oh, it's some really Christocentric type people who, who really focus their faith on the person of Jesus and talk about, like, the historic Jesus and his life and teachings and what the death and resurrection of Jesus means. And, and that might be what they're kind of expecting when they tune in. Then they tune in and hear all about deconstruction and theological hot topics mm-hmm. and spiritual disciplines. And it's like, do we, do we talk about Jesus that much? We talk about sort of the things that are in his orbit, so to speak. Um, the things that revolve around Jesus, like spiritual theological conversations, but what about the person of Jesus himself? Even more than just talking about Christocentric theology. Because I think you can talk about Christocentrism and, and still not talk about Jesus. Because you're talking about a way of interpreting the Bible or a way of focusing your theology more mm-hmm. around what Jesus said than when Paul talked about. But you're still not talking about Jesus himself, right? Am, am I off here? We don't talk about Jesus. No, no. Anyhow. I think you're too um, loose now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tighten it up. No one wanted to hear that. Okay. No. No, there are people who enjoyed the, the you know, talk about Bruno Riff there. Uh, mm-hmm. But not to suggest that we would watch Disney. Um, mm, no. So no Titus, way. okay, I hear what you're saying. You know, we we need to talk about Jesus. And yes. Jesus is the answer. And you're saying that just like, well, well, again, just to show people how the, how the uh, sausage is made, uh, I sent you a, a podcast I was listening to on my drive yesterday and it was about uh trinitarian theology and subordinationism and such like that and his eternal generation of the son is that actually important you can't get much more talk about jesus than talking about the doctrine of eternal generation of the son right and what was mm-hmm. your response mr kipfer i think i said i I forget. It tied into something I said earlier, but I was basically like, I won't ever let you do a podcast on that. But it wasn't because it was some nerdy theological topic. It was mostly because I knew the reason why you were listening to that podcast, which I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure had something to do with Matthew Milioni's 
pet doctrine of patriarchalism and how it ties into the whole eternal subordination of the son, right? Or is it just like, I want to be nerdy about the Trinity. I'm, I'm confident it wasn't just that. That was why I groaned. <laughs> so so I, just, I just want you to have a moment of self-awareness, Brother Kipfer, because okay. you're making assumptions about me mm, I that am. I have the same hang-ups that I have the same hang-ups you do. Mm. And, you're and, and you're not at all hung up on Matthew. <laughs> well, not at all. <laughs> I have, I, I, I love Matthew and I haven't talked to Matthew in quite a while, which is unfortunate. So Don't I say worry, this he's without not listening to this, say whatever without, you want. <laughs> without any disrespect at all. But I haven't really thought about Matthew Miliano's position on, on the eternal subordination of the son. Um, mm. So yeah, he's definitely not the originator of that doctrine. It's um, true. But but let me let me be totally a hundred percent honest with you. Okay. Yes, part of the reason that I saw that podcast was because, or that I picked that particular one to listen to, is because I'm very interested in the eternal subordination of the sun debate. But actually, it was had a lot more to do. The guy who did the podcast just released a book on the Trinity, and I have long wrestled with the doctrine of the Trinity, far beyond any you know, gender roles in, in marriage debates. And I mean this. And so my question back to you then is, if I'm going to try and learn about Jesus, because of how I'm wired, I'm probably going to start thinking about Trinitarian doctrine. Is mm-hmm. that actually okay? Is that like at the heart of the brand of that Jesus podcast? I don't think it's it's bad, but it, it's interesting to me that the disciples who were following Jesus and the people who heard him teach and perform his miracles, I'm, I'm confident that they were not thinking about <laughs> the, these deep Trinitarian things. In fact, mm-hmm. the early church wasn't extremely into it until some of the heresies popped up and they had to like stomp those out and what is it was it the first council of nicaea that that trinity became a big deal and then they got like seriously obsessed with the trinity and in Mm -hmm. my view of church history that was actually a mistake like when they got so obsessed with the trinity i think was around the same time they started marrying the church to the state right or did that come a little later i'm a little rusty here but I, I don't think I think that that was around the same time as Constantine did his his whole thing. Um, in either way, it, it feels like philosophy came into the church and they started really nerding out about some of those things, and in in the process lost sight of who Jesus really was, which was a, a wandering rabbi teaching a, a radical new way of life and inaugurating a community to live out the rule and reign of God and how that brings, you know, transformation to all of creation. I think that's more important. And so, I mean, if you're sort of the kind of guy who likes to get technical and and nerdy on theological issues, I think that's a gift that serves the church. But I think that if, if the church as a whole is just focused on those things, then that's a problem. Um, I started reading, John Howard Yoder's The Politics of Jesus. I, okay. I'd, I'd forced myself, or I couldn't get myself to read it for years and years, even though it's like the seminal work of neo-Anabaptism. But I finally was like, okay, he's a pervert. I get it, but I'm just going to read it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's been really good, you know, especially talking uh, in the first couple chapters, he's talking about Jesus's new model of economics and how challenging that is. 
And I think we just, we lose sight of how radical the things that Jesus said actually were and how mm-hmm. he w- was trying to establish a community that, that lived radically differently um, than communities, than, than everyone else in the world and just get caught up in all this nerdy, nerdy theology stuff. And that can be an issue. Yeah. So, so just a, a bit of a fact check. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you're absolutely right. The council of Nicaea was kind of a project of Constantine in the early 300s. And it was the Council of Nicaea that kind of, and we talk about Nicene doctrine, nailing down the the actual, what is the nature of Jesus and what is the nature of the Trinity and all that. So that language did, I don't want to say it originated, but it was kind of codified at the Council of Nicaea, yeah. which, you know, the great and then, Anabaptist and, boogeyman of of Constantine yeah, was kind of behind that. Yeah, and then you have the Orthodox Church splitting off yep. of like one tiny phrase. What was the phrase again? Do you, do uh, you remember? But that wasn't until a thousand AD. Okay, and, but it's still the same issue. And it's it was, crazy. and it was a, it was a whole variety of issues though. Like you're, you're talking about the 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 East West split in the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to make this a church history podcast, but we could do that. <laughs> yeah, uh so so one of the things we're doing, uh one of the things we're doing, we finished our reading of um John Eldridge Wild at Heart and we're reading uh, oh, Francis Chan there you go. um Until Unity. Mm-hmm. And he's he's very Jesus centered. Like I feel like if anybody's nailing the that Jesus talking about that Jesus thing, it would probably be Chan. So, um, Chan is my favorite Christian speaker has been for probably about 10 years. Nice. So, so let me come back to our podcast and how do we talk Which is about what Jesus? it's all about. Yeah. No, <laughs> back to our show. It's the same I, thing that Jesus, but all right, go ahead. <laughs> um, I, I'm assuming we have probably 20 or 30 listeners still, still hanging this on point. there. Yeah. Congrats you guys. <laughs> yes. Congrats. Um, so I feel like as a podcast, we have done overall a pretty good job about, so when we say that Jesus podcast, what I would envision is we're talking about how Jesus would do things. We're trying to get a Jesus lens on life. That side of things like discipleship of Jesus, following Jesus, trying to apply a Jesus ethic to life, the sort of cruciform, Christocentric, blah, 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 jingoism. I think we've actually talked about that. Like last episode when I talked with, um, with Joash Thomas, I really felt like he brought in some concepts about how we do social media with Jesus. But I think what you're looking There's for, your Titus, new book, doing social media <laughs> with Jesus. Yes. What would Jesus tweet? Yeah. Um, I think what you're asking, what I'm wrestling with is the worship of Jesus and, and centering our lives around loving Jesus and honoring Jesus. And this is kind of the, the crux of the gospel, the crux of discipleship, because how are we supposed to love Jesus? Keep my commandments. How do people know that we're his disciples? If we have love for one another. And so worshiping Jesus versus following Jesus, if we're going to talk about that, well, it really does come back to like, how do we follow him? And then we're off to the races talking about vaccines with Dr. Cruavilla. Well, I'm not just saying the worship of Jesus. The worship of Jesus would kind of fall under mere devotion, at least the first few tenets thereof. Um, I'm not even talking about that. Like, and and you're you're exactly right that like 
following Jesus equals keeping his commandments equals how do we do that in our modern world equals all the all these controversial issues that everyone wants us to podcast about at the same time like there's this raw coming back to the person of Jesus and and the sort of things that came out of his mouth that I think some people in history like St. Francis of Assisi have been able to do or even like have you read Philip Yancey's book the Jesus I never knew yeah yeah I can't even really put it into words and it's not even mysticism. So I'm not sure why, but particularly like what Jesus had to say about wealth and freedom from anxiety, a way Mm -hmm. of moving through the world where you don't feel like you're attached to desire um, for the things of this world. (laughs) It sounds very Buddhist. (laughs) Yeah. But it's very Jesus or like go, go watch the chosen. Like, (laughs) Um, uh, who's the director? I'm not a fan of their director. That guy's a whack, but the show is great. Um, I don't know. Like, are we living, are we a community of people who are living very differently from everyone around us showing that we have a different set of values or do we not cuss and do we not watch R rated movies? Um, and, and we're maybe a little more cleaned up than our neighbors. Like, are we living in a way that people look in and say, wow, that's like an alternative society living out a beautiful vision mm-hmm. that is is different more than just like, oh, these people are a little more peaceful and joyful and I'm not throwing shade at the fruits of the spirit. Am I making, yep. am I making any sense? Like it, it really doesn't seem like we are living that way. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, we can have a whole conversation about the fruits of the spirit. This is something that in the other, the other thing I'm going through with our church, I, I have a, a book group, a book study group we do on Friday mornings. And then Wednesday evenings, we also do a, a Bible study. Um, and so the program we're doing with our Bible study on Wednesday evenings, see, we're such a, such a churchy church, but Power. but it's good for us right now. Um, one of the things we are talking a lot about is how following Jesus is under the new covenant, not the old covenant. Well, what are the works of the new covenant in contrast to the old covenant, in contrast to sacrificing goats and keeping the Mosaic law? We're supposed to be showing the fruits of the Spirit. So we can spend a long time talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And I think that's actually where it's at. But um, unfortunately, we've kind of defined love, joy, peace as kind of being, you know, forgive my my terminology here, but, you know, sort of white girl, pumpkin spice latte. Oh, I have peace today. I have joy today, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I think it's a little bit different from that. That would be an interesting thing to investigate, but can I come back to, come back to worship for a minute though? Sure. Cause it's not something we've talked a lot about in our podcast, uh, except at times to maybe disc contemporary Christian choruses or, or whatever. Or hymns. <laughs> yeah, or hymns. Um, I, I found a new favorite Easter hymn this year. Basically, um, bash it all. Yeah, we're good at <clears throat> we're good at deconstructing. deconstructing. And Titus is <laughs> Titus is too. He just <laughs> won't admit it. Um, so the thing with worship, I think it's really hard to do in a podcast. I can't. I, I'm not comfortable like worshiping on a podcast, and maybe that's bad. But this is where I come back to talking about Trinitarian theology. For me, remembering that Jesus is not just a rabbi to follow, which is great, but remembering that he's also God himself. 
He's also the the Almighty God, who was equal with God, um, co-eternal with God, and yet in his full equality with God, he was willing to step down as a man, become less than the angels, in order to show us how to live, in order to sacrifice his life for us. And so for me, listening to the podcast yesterday, um, I was actually struck with a desire to love Jesus more from their discussion of the eternal generation of the Son, which, yes, mm-hmm. identifies me as being a weird nerd. But it's also, I think, maybe a path forward for how we can start to engage more in worshiping Jesus on <clears throat> that Jesus podcast. Yeah. I'd be curious. So from everything I've said so far, can you, can you put it into what, into your words, what you think I'm saying? Cause I'm not sure you're understanding. I mean, maybe you are, but, <laughs> um, do some active listening. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, I'll be totally honest. One of the things I'm learning about in my grad program is to be an active listener and to be student centered. And I was actually thinking about it with our podcast when I'm interviewing I'm somebody or when I'm talking to Titus, I do mm. such a bad job at active listening because I'm constantly thinking about the transition. I'm constantly thinking oh, about how the yeah. mic sounds. I'm constantly. Yeah. So, yeah. so Titus, you tell me and then I'll say it back to you. I'm listening. No, I want you to try to say what you've heard so far. Cause I can't put it into words. You, you generally can put into words better what I, what I'm yeah. like trying okay. to say. And I'm worried I haven't been actively Sounds like listening married. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think you're saying that people listen to our podcast and they don't get the, the heartbeat is supposed to be about Jesus because frankly, we are talking about hot button issues and what have you. And you'd really like to center around following Jesus, seeing what Jesus does, and then talking about how we live out as Jesus in this world. (laughs) Okay, man. That was really deep. Um, (laughs) If you say so. (laughs) I I think, so a lot of the discussions we've had, this is such a weird episode. Um, A lot of the discussions we've had behind the scenes is me pushing for mere devotion topics. And that's Mm -hmm. not even what I'm saying right now. Okay. I'm not even sure that mere devotion is, is is completely zeroed in on Jesus the way I'm describing right now. I, I think it's talking about ways that we can get to know him and serve him, perhaps. But what I'm talking about is looking at the historic figure, Jesus, what he said as, as a rabbi in the first mm-hmm. century, and and being just like, shocked by it because a lot of what he said is very shocking it's revolutionary it's like it, it it's a way of turning the world upside down which is actually turning it right side up and then letting that really hit us and figuring out how we can be a society an alternative society that is actually obediently living this out and i think maybe what i have in my head is kind of like this hippie jesus type situation going on like the keith greens or the rich mullins or um, intentional communities, that sort of thing. That's the sort of, like, it's more like a flavor. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I, when I try to describe it, I have this like flavor in my mind of what it's like, but it's really hard to put into words. Yeah. I, I think I've got you and I, I don't think I need to try and say it back. Cause I think you did a good job. Um, 
articulating it as best as you kind of can articulate a vibe. So here, here's one example. Um, so we're, we're, we have a mortgage, and if we sold our house right now, we could have a nice chunk of money um, because we've, we've remodeled it out of pocket and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. How's the market? What if we did that and just gave all the money to the poor? Like the older I get, the more I, I, I think the more I think about money. Well, I've always kind of thought about money ever since I was on my own because I was trying to figure out how not to starve. <laughs> yeah, we've established but, that. <laughs> but now that I have a little more money, I'm still thinking about it. Like I'm thinking, how should we invest it? Um, you know, mm-hmm. all, all of that, that sort of thing. And I wonder what it would be like to just give away a huge, I mean, we don't have a huge chunk, but uh, mm-hmm. for us, a, a sizable chunk of money and just make such a stupid financial choice like that. Like, what would that do to me? Would, would I stop, like, stressing out so much about whether my, my dog is actually going to have puppies or not, like, that we can sell or about if I'm going to get enough customers to keep me and my employee busy? Because suddenly, like, now that I just give all that away, it doesn't have this kind of hold on me anymore. Like, what would that actually feel like? What would that experience be like? And it's those kind of questions like that if I ask myself that that that's when I feel like I'm actually taking Jesus seriously or the sorts of things he said about not worrying about tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times when I go throughout my day, I'm, I'm just like stressing. Like I know I have to get this much work done to keep these customers happy and I have this thing lined up tonight and stuff better not break down throughout my day. And I, I go through my day and I feel like I'm just, I'm, I'm not really caring about, what I'm doing as like a way of making the world a better place. Like I'll just mow over a piece of trash and (laughs) spray the contents into like Mm -hmm. 20 little bits of trash. (laughs) Um, I'm like, dude, why didn't I get off my mower and pick that piece of trash up? Do I really care that much about making that extra dollar or whatever? Um, And if I just really slow down, declutter my mind, um, care about the suffering of the world around me, like mm-hmm. that to me feels the most like the most Christian thing. Like what doesn't feel overly Christian is this obsessing about like what what Twitter's fighting about. And what what feels more Christian than that is this whole mere devotion spiritual disciplines thing. But what feels the most Christian to me, so good, better, best, um, is 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 really wrestling with the radical sorts of things Jesus said and trying to figure out how a community can actually live in such a way that the world looks in and is like what in the world like your value set is so different um, yeah I don't think I'm living that way right now I don't I mean maybe a little bit like we're we could probably have a lot more money if we stayed in America and I just built my business up and whatever um, and we're kind of throwing that away to, to move to another country so I guess mm-hmm. I have that going for me, but yeah, I, I don't know when, when I, when I read the, when I read the gospels, when I think through it and more than just like trying to parse the theology of whatever I'm reading, just being like, Oh, this is what he said. Maybe I should do it. It's really challenging to me. And, and more than just what he said about wealth, pretty much everything he said. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, um, did you ever read Charles Sheldon's in his steps? No, it was it was a book, and I just now remember as I mentioned in his steps, it was a book in the late eighteen hundreds, and it was actually the book from which the whole again in the nineties the whole um, WWJD movement started. What would Jesus do? Which mm-hmm. is funny, but so the guy writes the book in the late eighteen hundreds, 
what we mm-hmm. he, guy we would consider like a social gospel proponent today. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had the characters in his novel ask the question, what would Jesus do? And, and the, the pastor goes before his congregation after having an epiphany. And he says, don't do anything without first asking what would Jesus do? And the theme of the novel, then everybody goes out and tries to buys live that wristbands. out. <laughs> what? Buys wristbands. <laughs> I, I didn't WWJD, follow that. WWJD, WWJD wristbands. Oh, wristbands. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. They go out and they, they try and take care of the poor. They try and shut down the saloon. Yeah. They, they do all these things. Um, I don't know that. Well, I'll leave that one. <laughs> this was in the late 1800s. You know, the prohibition okay. was um, hot topic. Um, yeah. Anyhow, but Sheldon was asking the question: What would it look like if a community of faith took it seriously? Mm. Um, and we we've talked actually a lot about this on and off throughout the the history of this podcast. Oh, um, yeah. And, and saying, yes, we need to acknowledge the tension and, and recognize that Jesus is calling us to something crazy and be willing to do crazy things for Jesus. You talked about your journey in asceticism, and I, I feel like you're saying, I, I, do I need to go back to asceticism? I'm going to bring it back, though, to my question earlier on is how do we worship Jesus? Because I think what you struggle with and what I struggle with at times and probably our audience struggles with is to walk in an awareness of Jesus a confidence that what we're doing matters in the Jesus kingdom and that people can see Jesus in us. And when I'm yelling at my students for using bad words and not turning in their homework, when you're, you know, running over, you know, paper Trash. plates. <laughs> Make me sound like such a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. When, when you're doing those things, it's hard for us to actually feel like we're filled with Jesus. This is this is the challenge. This is the tension. This is the problem we live with is to say, how do I walk in awareness of Jesus right now, day by day? There you go. I do a great job diagnosing things, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, know what the answer is. I feel like I've just been kind of processing out loud on this episode. So yeah. Well, can therapeutic. I, can I share a, a little bit? of an answer that I'm excited about. Jesus? Uh, is Jesus the answer? Yeah, actually, Jesus is the answer. Okay. All right, let's close. Um, okay, so we read, <clears throat> this might take a few minutes, and so feel free to uh, interrupt or whatever, um, edit it out at the end. But this morning, skip uh, forward a minute. The, <laughs> the brother who was leading our sharing um, took us to, to John. Yeah, John chapter 9, with the man blind from birth, and the disciples are asking Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus is like, um, no, this is this came about so that God's work might be displayed in him. But mm-hmm. it, Jesus looks at this, and the disciples are like, ooh, great opportunity to to hash out the the apologetic question of theodicy. And what mm-hmm. does Jesus do? All the disciples see is is a guy that they use basically as a pawn in their argument. And Jesus is like. No, here's a guy who can't see, and I want to help him. In a sense, yes, Jesus did answer the question. Jesus did a lot of teaching in that moment, but the the core of his teaching wasn't actually reaching out and caring for the man who was blind and healing him. Mm-hmm. You move to the next section of the story, same thing happens. The Pharisees, 
put the guy on trial and they're like, what happened here? And he's like, I don't know what happened. All I know is that I was blind and now I see. And Mm -hmm. they have a real problem with that theologically because they say, we're Moses' disciples. We're not a disciple of Jesus. And this guy doesn't even know who Jesus is because he never saw him yet. Mm-hmm. And and so both the disciples of Jesus and the, the Pharisees, the quote-unquote disciples of Moses, are looking at a man whose life was in need of transformation and then transformed. They're looking at him and they're saying, here's a problem that we can use to advocate for our theological position on something. Yeah. Jesus sees the man and he's like, here's a person who I can love. Here's a person in the image of God. Here's a person that I knew from eternity past that mm-hmm. I can give life to. I think that's a little part of what it means to to be Jesus. And, and maybe, without getting too preachery, mm-hmm. maybe for, <laughs> for you and me, Brother Titus, Come we on. can... Um, no, please, no. Do not. If you uh, add music to this again... Amen! <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, that maybe that's part of our problem. Sometimes we're bringing up these issues today in our podcast even... And we're saying, okay, so what's our theological position on this? What can we rant about? What's our soapbox? But in reality, people need help. In reality, people need love. And even I think that's what it means. People. We've been deconstructing people instead of helping people. Amen, brother. Ooh, that's not what I was saying. I was saying <laughs> deconstructing people need help as well. Which is why I'm okay talking about some hot topic issues. Yeah. Because people care about those issues. Um, I feel like I'm contradicting everything I said earlier, but I don't think it's wrong. I think it's I think it's actually necessary to talk about some of those issues that are sensitive, not because the well, yeah, the issues themselves are important because they affect people, but also not just that, but also because if we're trying to make disciples, <laughs> the, the, this is what people care about, and so we need to meet people. In, where they are, that sounds really condescending. <laughs> um, anyhow, I, I don't know how I can back out of that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well let's I think be more... I, I think we can talk about anything and and make it a profitable conversation that Jesus has something to to say about. But I do think that our eyes can get off of what he actually said and what the historic Jesus was actually about. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my main point. Yeah. When, one of the kind of hermeneutical uh, heuristics, wow. <laughs> one of the how to read your Bible tricks that I, I like <laughs> to encourage our church, hermeneutical heuristics or how to read your Bible <laughs> tricks, take your pick. Um, yeah. Is, the poo with or without the suit. Yeah. <laughs> it's to just ask these two questions. I've read the text. I understood the text. Now, um, how does this help me worship God? Or how does this help me understand God? And then secondly, what does this tell me about how I should live? So how can I worship God through this? And how can I live this out? Um, and that really gets to the two sides of what we've been talking about with Jesus. Like, it's great to to talk about, you know, help us all vaccines or gender roles in the church or abuse or deconstruction. But if we could start landing on the question, how do I live this out? And how does this give me something to worship Jesus for? I I think that might help. Speaking of Jesus, did you know his real name was Yeshua? (laughs) 
All right, let's call it a wrap. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Okay. Thanks.